0: hello everyone welcome to yet another edition here of sports extra i'm lance fieser alongside carla Barada and alec osmus we're going to talk about some football being played this weekend just not in the state of wisconsin as the packers are headed to detroit and then you also have the wisconsin badgers are going to go on and play iowa and what is the final i guess you'd say regularly scheduled regular season game they will play another game next week opponent to be determined for the Badgers as that will be their official last game of the regular season. And then we'll see what bull future may await. Let's start by talking about those Badgers, shall Mm -hmm. we? Everyone ready?
1: Exhibition game.
0: All right. It is essentially, as Alex said, it is a game that means nothing. It is a rivalry game. Neither team can win the West. We have a Big Ten title game already set for next week. It's going to be Ohio State Northwestern. This is a chance, though, for Iowa, I guess, to cement themselves number two in the conference. Carly, when you look at this matchup here, I know you're very interested to see what happens with this offense for the Badgers. They have been awful for two straight games.
2: Yeah, after that season opener for Graham Mertz, he's really leveled off along with this offense and they really haven't gotten any big plays. So when looking at Graham Mertz through the last two games against Northwestern and Indiana, he only has one touchdown pass, four interceptions, he's been sacked six times and then he's averaging about 216 yards per game. His completion percentage through the last three games is at 56.4% on average. So another big thing here is in the Big Ten, Wisconsin is 7th in yards per play at 5.2 and then in college football as a whole they are 82nd in yards per play. So that's been huge. They really haven't had any big plays so far and I know that's a lot of credit to Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor who have been out with injuries. Kendrick Kendrick Pryor did return last game, but he's just been struggling with injuries all year. Danny Davis is once again expected to miss tomorrow's game at Iowa. So no doubt it's been hard for Graham Mertz without those targets, but when looking at the guys who are leading on offense, we have Jake Ferguson, who's the tight end who's leading, and then behind him, Jim Ray Dike and Jalen Berger are really the big offensive weapons right now for Wisconsin, and they're both young guys. So although Graham Mertz's stats have really leveled off since that season opener, he also doesn't really have the weapons um, on offense.
1: Yeah, we've been spoiled the last couple seasons offensively with weapon. I mean, obviously, uh, Jonathan Taylor, but even guys like Quintez Cephas, and as Carly mentioned, with with Danny Davis being out, I mean, Kendrick Pryor, nothing against the guy, but he's not necessarily your number one wide receiver. Uh, I think we need to take a step back as far as maybe expectation-wise out of Graham Mertz, Jalen Berger. I mean, these are the guys for the future, no doubt, Uh, but we've been spoiled in years past with some of the talent offensively. Danny Davis was going to be
0: the number one wideout on this team. Kendrick Pryor is pretty good. I think Davis is better. So that has been a huge blow. But I talked about this exact subject, you remember, last week. And it really goes back even to the Michigan game. People look at the final score and say, hey, they were great. But if you look at the passing game in that Michigan game, those numbers weren't good either. So this isn't just the two awful games. It's really every game since the season opener, they haven't been able to consistently throw the football. That is concerning and we need to point out Jack Cohn has been cleared Mm -hmm. to play. There is a chance we see Jack Cohn in this game. I would expect Graham Mertz to start again, but you can't rule out the fact that they might let Cohn play if not this game, then the last game of the season. And you have a real interesting development to watch here because I'm curious what Jack Cohn's decision will be about next season. Should he come back? Should he not come back? Should he graduate transfer? Or are they going to say he's the starter next season? I mean, there is a lot on the line over the next two games over who the quarterback is next season for the Badgers, too. So it's going to be very fascinating to see what Paul Chris decides to do with that passing game struggling so much right
1: now. Paul Chris is always super loyal to his quarterbacks, and how many Absolutely. times did we think Alex Hornebrook maybe should have been benched or replaced, never happened? I, I'm betting dollars to donuts that we see Jack Cohn against Iowa at some point. And Graham Mertz, as
0: great as he was in that opener, there just hasn't been enough since then for you mm-hmm. to say he's the starter next year if Jack Cohn comes back because it just he hasn't done enough to say that he's better than what Cohn has proven to be when healthy. So, it, again, it could be very interesting to see how these last two weeks play out from that standpoint. Now, Alec, Iowa has a new quarterback, too, that we know very little about. So, introduce us, shall we?
1: Well, first, the last three years, they had Nate Stanley. I mean, it Mm -hmm. seemed like – I remember last year when Nate Stanley in Iowa came to Camp Randall, I was like, God, they still have this guy? Like, he's been there forever. Three-year starter. He's, I believe, uh, on a practice squad, I think, with the Minnesota Vikings. Well, now, Spencer Petrus. He's a sophomore. He's played in a few games uh, prior to this season, but named the starter this year, and he started pretty bad. They lost their first two games. They were close starts. Uh, but everything since then has been on the up and up for Spencer Petrus. They've won five straight since starting 0-2. Over that five-game winning streak, they have averaging about 37 points per game. Petrus has six touchdown passes, seven total on the season. But most importantly, he's completing about 60% of his passes. Now, as I mentioned, they've been getting better and better each week. Last week against Iowa... Uh, He basically put up his best stat line of the season. They trailed 14-0 at one point and scored 35 unanswered points to win their fifth straight. He was 18 of 28, 220 yards three touchdowns. So what's scary with the Spencer Petras character is he's not throwing, he's not turning the ball over a lot. He's getting a lot more comfortable in the offense. As I said, he's completing about 60% of his passes. He's only a sophomore. So the future is very bright for the Hawkeyes offensively. Lance, I know you're going to touch on some of their uh, running game in a little Mm -hmm. bit, but they have some weapons on offense for him to distribute the ball around to. And overall, he's been doing a pretty nice job just managing the offense uh, in those five game winning streak.
2: Well, although this Iowa offense is good on paper, like you just explained, I think the Wisconsin defense has been very consistent this whole entire year, um, despite the offense inconsistency. The defense has really kept them in these games. So um, I'm, I'm really riding on the defense for tomorrow.
0: I do want to talk about the Iowa running game because if you look at the win streak that the Badgers have had over Iowa, it correlates directly with their ability to stop the run. These games usually have a similar game script, two great defenses two offenses that want to run the football and control the tempo that way. So it's who can establish the run game and Wisconsin's been better at that. You look, Iowa this season, they've been pretty good. They're ranking fifth in the Big Ten in rushing. And you have Goodson right there, Tyler Goodson. He has 656 yards, six touchdowns. He's averaging about 94 yards per game. He is third in the Big Ten individually in rushing. So they've been solid. But here are the stats from the previous matchups with Wisconsin. I mentioned Wisconsin's won 4 straight over the Iowa Hawkeyes and that's because over those 4 games only once have they gotten more than 100 yards rushing. That was 148 yards in 2018. Otherwise, 87 yards, 25 yards, 83 mm-hmm. yards. Those were all games that Wisconsin won and it's not a surprise that they were able to win those games because that's what these games always come down to is who is able to control the football, control the tempo. Wisconsin's defense has done a good job not only in past years but this year they're actually number one in the Big Ten against the rush only allowing 72 yards per carry or per game meanwhile Iowa's rushing it for more than double that 177 hmm. yards per game so you you can see why there something's gonna have to give here mm-hmm. and for Wisconsin to pull this one out on the road that's what I think they have to do is both teams are gonna want to force the other team's quarterback to beat them and that is the game script that the Badgers have successfully done in years past against Iowa we'll see if they can do it again on Saturday. All right, let's shift gears and we're going to talk about the Packers headed to the Detroit Lions. There's an outside shot here based on how the Vikings do and everything that the Packers could be clinching the division here this weekend. So as we're looking at how this goes down, we're also looking at how well Aaron Rodgers is playing. (laughs) Carly, you want to whisper three letters out loud? Is
2: that what you want to do? MVP, maybe? Mm -hmm. I think maybe he's right there with Patrick Mahomes, and I'll show you those stats in a second. But, you know, Rodgers made history last week, a huge game. He's the seventh quarterback in NFL history to throw 400 touchdown passes, the fastest to reach that mark. He set the mark also with the fewest interceptions in that time span. And, you know, he's the first quarterback to have 35 touchdown passes in five seasons. So he's doing it all. And then this year alone, he's recorded his first. Five games this year with four touchdowns and zero interceptions. And that's right on pace with 2011 when he did win MVP. So, why wouldn't he win it? Well, Patrick Mahomes is just a little bit better this season. Let's take a look at the comparison. So, Rodgers, he um, threw 12 games for both of them. 3,395 yards, 36 passing touchdowns, four interceptions, and a 69% completion. Now, Mahomes threw 12 games. He has a little bit more yards, less passing touchdowns at 31, two interceptions and then 68% completion. So I mean, they're pretty on par with each other. I think Mahomes has the upper hand, but that also comes with records. The Chiefs are 11-1, and the Packers are 9-3. and So I think this final stretch for Rodgers is huge. He's going to be up against four teams with losing records. So if he can continue to build, maybe Mahomes levels off a bit we might see Rodgers as MVP.
0: I think they got to get the one seed in the NFC. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the only Because you mentioned it, it, it usually does come down to win-loss record. Mm-hmm. How well did you do? In your, did you win your division? Did you, you, know, you don't ever see a guy put up monster numbers on a 9-7 and seven team and become MVP. So the numbers mean something, but those numbers are close enough where it's going to come down to, I think, how well did their team do? Right now, Mahomes has the edge because of the win-loss record, I yeah. think. All right, Scoosh, Alec, are uh, you ready? Well, Are you there?
1: I'm, uh I'm not talking about an MVP, a quarterback, but the MVP, <laughs> that is certainly not uh, in par with Matthew Stafford of the Detroit Lions, no. but still a pretty <laughs> solid quarterback. You've got to give him that. He, he's 32 years old. It's, I yeah. thought he was older than that. I mean, he seems like he's been in the league forever. Fun fact, we just looked this up. If, if for some reason the Detroit Lions make the playoffs and make it to the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl would be on Matthew Stafford's birthday. Oh, my goodness. What are the odds? Not very know. high? Not did very, you yeah. get him a card? I'm, I will. I will. I'll send Matthews. I'll tweet him. I'll send him a card, whatever he wants.
0: So how dangerous is Stafford, though, against the Packers? That's the question. Well, okay, so
1: here's the deal. Uh, now I believe he's like 7-13 all time against Green Bay, but he, they, he did lose his first six starts, but we'll, we can dive into that later. Let's look at Matthew Stafford right now. Ninth in the NFL in overall yards. I mean, he, the guy's finding ways to get the job done. 21 touchdowns. Nine interceptions, though, and he's been sacked 33 times. Some of those are all him trying to scramble around. We've all seen Matthew Stafford play. He's kind of a gunslinger, similar to Brett Favre. But here's where I put turning water into wine. He's been able to find ways to win without Kenny Galladay. They haven't had their top playmaker in over a month. They just cut their fastest deep threat, Marvin Hall, and now Stafford has a bum thumb on his throwing hand. Okay, So last week against the Bears, Daryl Bevel, former Badger, now their interim head coach, he comes in charge. The offense uh, rallied against the Bears last week, eight passing plays of 20 yards or more. One of those was a huge touchdown to Quintez Cephas. So the team is rallying around Matthew Stafford. They're rallying around Daryl Bell. Matthew Stafford, again, he's not a threat necessarily to come in, and Matthew Stafford is the sole reason that the Lions beat the Packers. But if the Packers' offense comes out and it stalls like we have seen this season, crazy things can happen in the NFL, no doubt. It's in Detroit. Uh, and Matthew Stafford could find a way to pull this thing off. I know that might be a bit of a stretch because the Lions are the Lions. They're 5-7, and seven, but they are kind of still in the playoff hunt, have a little bit to play for. And Matthew Stafford certainly has the overall experience to maybe squeak a win out this Sunday.
0: I've always kind of felt sorry for Stafford. Just Sure. They've never had a running game. You mentioned their offensive line never really seems to be that great they've had a few receivers through the years obviously that he's been able to play with but it's usually just like one guy and Mm -hmm. then just other dudes so I've always wondered (laughs) what he could do with some better weapons around him because you mentioned the arm talent is definitely there he is a bit of a gunslinger so it'd just be interesting to see what he could do but uh, you know he's the type of guy that scares you because he's just good enough where he could have a hot game and hit a couple of big plays but traditionally speaking, he doesn't hit enough plays to yes. compensate for their lack of offensive talent in totality. So, uh, all right. So, what I'm looking at, you guys, you two wanted to talk about the quarterbacks, right? But for me, it all comes down to one person. His name is Aaron. Aaron Jones. He was the story, if you remember, back in week two when these two teams played. Aaron Jones went off. He actually had. The greatest game of his career thus far. 236 total yards, third most in team history. Look at it. He rushed for 168 yards, two touchdowns. Receiving wise, he had 68 yards and a TD. In the last three games against the Lions, he has rushed for 100 plus yards in two out of those three games. And right now the Lions are 28th against the run in the NFL. They allow 134 yards per game. This is just kind of a match made in heaven, which is what we saw in Week 2. You have a really bad rush defense going up against one of the better all-around all-purpose backs. And I will say that these numbers might not be quite as high because Jamal Williams has certainly carved out maybe a bigger role as the season has progressed here as far as how many touches he gets. But either way, those two guys going up against this rush defense, I think that's going to be pretty much the game plan to avoid an upset is just let these guys run, go down the field, have these long, sustaining drives, let Rodgers pick his spot. So I think that's the game plan, and it worked, obviously, in week two I think it can work again here no need to change it if it ain't broke don't fix it that's that's the mindset <laughs> I think yeah. we'll see AJ Dillon at all
2: yeah I was gonna say AJ Dillon might get some some right. reps they haven't this week.
0: decided yet if he's gonna be clear he did come off the COVID list we'll mm-hmm. see if he's actually active come game day because he was out for a month now so you know he's got some just some training to do just to make sure that he is game ready from just a standpoint of uh, cardio health and stuff like that. So I know they mentioned today that they're still kind of waiting to see if he's up to playing status yet come Sunday. All right, it is prediction time for us. Let's start with the Badgers taking (laughs) on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Now, the Badgers actually started this week as underdogs. They have now been bet into a situation where they are two-point favorites on the road. I mentioned they have beaten Iowa four straight. So, Carly, can they do it again?
2: Yes, are you going to say the spread? Two. Two. two points okay two points so Iowa um, they have won five straight games I know they're kind of on a roll but when you look at, at their schedule I mean they haven't really beaten I, these teams aren't as good as you the five straight wins sounds so um, I'm taking the Badgers I know you guys are saying you know this is an exhibition game it doesn't mean much and, and honestly it doesn't but the Badgers have just been embarrassed lately and I feel like this is their last regular season win they do have something to play for here and, and I think they're gonna come out with a victory it'll be close but but um, I'm taking them to cover the spread.
1: Well, hmm. We, what was it last week against Indiana? Double digit in favor of the Badgers? Obviously, that didn't happen. Right. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how the Badgers are favored to win this game. It's at Iowa. We've already talked about the winning streak that Iowa's on. I don't care who their opponents were. It's Big Ten football, and Iowa's won five straight. Their offense is playing well. Their defense has been pretty good, too. They really haven't given up a ton of points. I mean, They, they, they held Minnesota to single digits, and they held someone else to single digits. I wish I had the schedule in front of me, but uh, I'm going to say Iowa wins this thing. I think they snapped that four-game streak, and I think Iowa wins this thing actually fairly convincingly. Uh, I'm going to say by a touchdown or more, unfortunately, Iowa on Saturday. My mindset was where Carly was, but last week where I was like, you know, they were embarrassed
0: about that Northwestern loss. They still had something to play for going into the Indiana game potentially. And i was like i'm just gonna have faith that paul christ and company they're gonna find a way to get it done but this offense has been so bad Mm -hmm. the past two games and i mentioned there were signs even against michigan even though the game script obviously flipped in that game so quickly that they were in control there's just been signs since really that second game but particularly the last two games that these are real issues on the offensive end and no danny davis to me makes a huge difference Clearly. Just getting Kendrick Pryor back last week wasn't enough. So I don't know why having the same weapons against, again, a really good Iowa defense on the road is going to look a whole lot better. So I just don't know if they score enough points. So I'm going to take Iowa here in this one to, uh, if not, squeak out the win, maybe lose by a single point and uh, cover the spread here. Uh, So I'm I'm going to go the Iowa route on that one. All right, Packers now on the road at Detroit. Some of these games have been close in recent years. In fact, uh, I remember last year the Packers uh, had a little bit of a trouble in the first half against the Lions. So are they going to have trouble this week, Carly? 7.5-point favorites in Detroit.
2: Well, I like what you said about Aaron Jones. I feel he kind of gets lost in the shuffle a little bit with Rodgers and Adams' history and making all this history in the past few games. Aaron Jones has been really good, and he gets a little lost. So I think, like you said, this should be a breakout game for Aaron Jones, and because of that, I think the Packers will cover, and they have 101 wins over the Lions. That's the most of any team in the NFL that has wins over an opponent like that. So um, the Packers will win, and they'll cover that spread.
1: I'm right there with Carly on that. And I think the fact that if the Packers can win, uh, that puts them, that's all they have control over to clinch that playoff spot. I know they need Tampa, I think, to beat the, the Vikings. And I think there was going to be one other scenario. But, yes, the, the Packers have something to play for, no doubt. They're still going for, to win the division and be a top seed in the NFC. It's indoors. The so weather won't be a factor. Uh, guys should be nice and comfortable out there in Ford Field. And uh, I think that alone is enough for the Packers to put together a pretty solid, convincing win on Sunday at Detroit. I have a general rule where we're never all three allowed to agree, but... Good luck on this one. I'm gonna let it
0: it slide this time and say that, as as Carly mentioned, that I mentioned earlier, I think the game script is pretty obvious from week two as to how the Packers can really just line up and, and, and smash Detroit in the mouth and win this game. And I think they can and should be able to do that even in Detroit, I think they're going to cover this seven and a half point spread. I'm going to go with the Packers in this one as well. All right. So did we have a poll question this week? No, I
1: forgot.
0: Uh, uh, do you want to make one real quick right no, now? No. Okay. I'm so right. mad that I forgot. Uh, all right. No poll question this week, but that's part of the fun of Sports Extra. Tune in every week and you have no idea what's <laughs> going to happen, what's going to come out of our mouth, or if we're going to have a poll question or not. So we want to thank you so much for joining this week's edition of Sports Extra. Again, we'll check you out next week here. We tape this on Fridays. You can join us on Facebook Live or check. Check it out later on WKOW.com. Have a great weekend, everybody. Say goodbye to the people.